right, everybody, we're back with another episode. We are continuing on with our Oscar nominee watch through. This week, we are uh, not, or this episode, we're not talking about a Best Picture nominee, but an Oscar nominee this year. Uh, Paige, you want to tell them what we watched? We watched Turning Red. Yeah, the new uh, Pixar, well, not that new, but uh, the latest movie from Pixar. Um, yeah, there was, uh, going into this, I, I knew, you know, the general story, and I knew that there was a lot of controversy around this. Yeah. And I knew... This had a lot of people very heated. Yeah. Uh, I knew that the menstruation cycle of women would, uh, get brought up in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. I knew that pads would be mentioned at some point, um, but I was really curious to, to find out what all the fuss was about yeah um and so yeah that scene came and went um people made it sound like that's what the entire movie was about yeah like it was some central scene like they just spent two hours teaching young children about periods yeah i've gotta say if you're one of the people out there who really got freaked out about turning red um you're a child. Grow up. Yeah. Like, that that may piss off some of our audience. And as a... Oh, I think many of the opinions we're going to share on this episode are going to piss off many of our audience. Yeah? Okay. Or at least mine. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I feel like it's not that big of a deal. It's so not. And something that I've uh, mentioned for quite a while now, like, without having seen this movie, but just sort of knowing that there was something in it along these lines um if you're that freaked out about a movie just sort of um acknowledging the existence of the female reproductive organ in so many movies just like this one it's it's not at all uncommon even in children's cartoons to see a guy get hit in the nuts like, mm-hmm. as a joke. Yeah. Um, we've recently been watching through, um, uh, like, a movie review podcast of the Shrek series. And apparently in all but one Shrek movie, at some point, Shrek takes a shot to the nuts. Yeah. It's never done to as, as like, a, a sexual thing. But it is, you know, reminding children that guys have privates and that they are sensitive and yeah and that's like even saying that it makes it sound like more than it is it's it's you know guy gets hit in the nads and that's funny haha in this it's not done sexually or creepy or anything it's just like hey sometimes it's just a fact of life yeah at some point in you know female humans childhoods there's a moment that's kind of freaky and very inconvenient. And that's it. But they never, <laughs> yeah, they, they never like show you exactly what it'll look like. No. no, hell no. Well, and I remember when this movie came out and people started freaking out, you had made the comment somewhere along the lines of, I wish that it had been more commonly discussed because oh, yeah, it's, it's so as an tabid. adult man for you, it's awkward, and you don't mm-hmm. know... I don't know how to phrase this. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. I'm, I'm 30 years old. We've been married for coming up on five years. It, once a month, 
shit happens. And I'm like, okay, mystery person with, with your just shroud of mystery. And I don't know, but yeah, like I, I have no idea how to help. I have yeah. no idea what the, what is happening. Um, cause yeah, it is very, very taboo. And even like the school health class, I, there's a chance that people are like, no, like they taught it thoroughly in health class. And for me, it probably got taught thoroughly in my health class, but it was so taboo and weird that I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to space out for the next yeah. hour of my life and yeah. I'm not going to take this in because that's weird. But like, yeah, I feel like, I feel like if there were more movies like this where it's like, Hey, it happens. It's part of life. Fucking deal with it. Then, you know, maybe during health class that one day, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I was warned about this. Thank you, Pixar. Yeah. But no, I didn't get that grown up. And I know a lot of parents were frustrated because they wanted to have those conversations on their own terms and in their own time. Which I get. If you don't feel like your child is at the point to learn about these things, that's your choice as a parent. Okay, yeah. But also, it's your duty as a parent to know what your children are watching. Well, that, but also, I feel like if if I were a kid watching Turning Red, then, you know, girl runs into the bathroom, freaked out, and the mom is like, oh no, something's wrong. And I'd be like, yeah, maybe she's like, got the stomach flu or something. Maybe the mom is assuming she's sick yeah. or something. But they never say enough and like thinking putting myself in the shoes of myself as a young child if i saw this they don't give enough information for someone who doesn't know what's going on to figure out what's going on i agree if that makes sense um maybe this is the progressive millennials in yeah. us talking um but yeah so the whole like i i think I have the right as a parent to have that discussion with my child when I choose. Okay. If they see this movie, I wouldn't say that Pixar's confiscated that right. If anything, they've just given you that opportunity like when you do have that discussion and you're trying to kind of explain things, you can be like, oh, do you remember that scene in Turning Red? Yeah, that scene that you didn't really understand? This is what they were talking about. And then mm -hmm. maybe your child is like, oh, re oh, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Like, yeah. um, I think this movie is what millennial women should have had growing up. Yeah. Um, Just the lessons in being true to who you are mm -hmm. and stopping generational trauma and all of these other lessons that are brought forward by an adorable red panda. So overall, you did really, really like this movie. I did. Okay. So you know how Inside Out like hit you in all the feels and is like your yeah. emotional I... Pixar movie? Yeah. I can't even honestly say that I think Pixar... Uh, I can't honestly say that I think Inside Out is necessarily like an incredibly well done film. I've really only seen it the one time, so I can't say it's like perfect in every way, but honestly, the moment I saw it, where I was at in life and stuff, it connected me with me in ways and on levels that honestly I can't say any other movie has. 
that is how turning red is for me. Okay. So with everything that I just said, um, are you the same where it may not be an incredibly well done film? Yes. But okay. Okay. And it is definitely not everybody's cup of tea. Yeah. I Um, get that. But for me, holy shit. I wish that I could go back and show young Paige this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I, I was wanting to like this movie. Um, I, I was very intrigued because of, you know, all the controversy we've already talked about. But, uh, unfortunately, I will say I came out of it, um, pretty disappointed, pretty underwhelmed with this movie. Um, not because of the controversy, not, I didn't dislike it for the same reasons that a lot of people disliked it. I thought, if you're complaining about that, you need to grow up. I was disappointed because uh, one thing I mentioned several times during the movie, and I hate to say this, I, I recognize that, uh, you know, you can't get better at a craft unless you work at it, but uh, the voice actress for May, the main girl, the center of the movie, she's not a very good voice actress. No, so, I'll agree with you on that. So often... When she was delivering lines, it was, oh, it was rough. Um, kind of, mm, okay, kind of similar, not exactly, but uh, with, I guess, the whole series, but especially the first film, uh, Twilight is a pretty rough watch. Yeah. Because your two stars, Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson, are not doing a very good job. I'm not saying they are not talented actors. I'll say that about Kristen Stewart, though. I've heard lately... I've heard lately that some of her more recent work is really, really phenomenal, and I haven't watched any of it because of how much I hated her based on that and a few other things from that time. But Robert Pattinson is really, really good. Yes. They are not doing good jobs in Twilight, and therefore... Now, like I said, Twilight overall, it's not dealing with a very good script, though. But if you have a movie where your two stars are painfully bad to watch because they're not doing a good job, it hurts your movie. With this, the main voice actress is not very good. And I recognize she's young, but I've heard very young children do voice roles before, and they do a good job. My... I'm not sure I've gone into it too much on this podcast, but my love and adoration for Lilo and Stitch is pretty ridiculous. And I think the voice actress of Lilo knocks it out of the frickin' park in a big, bad way. Yeah, the voice of May does not... She's not there, and it hurts the movie. It really, really does. And her, I would say her friends are blatantly better than her, Mm -hmm. but they are still not solid, solid voice actors. Um, It's so interesting to hear the things that like stuck out to you mm -hmm. versus the things that stuck out to me. Because I was able to 
deal with yeah. the subpar performance of the voice actors because the story was so relatable to me. Okay. Thinking back to eighth grade Paige, holy shit, that was a rough time in life. Not not to get too, I don't know what the term is, but uh, like holding you to your word, I guess. But uh, were you going to many concerts at that age? No. No, okay. No. Were you... But I grew up in a very strict house. Yeah. Uh, so stuff like that was not an option really? in my childhood. Like just going to a concert was I didn't not... go to a concert until I was 16. Okay. And I went with all of my sisters. Okay. What was the concert? Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. Not because of Tim McGraw or Faith Hill. Kind of though. It's just country music. Country music. Yeah. yeah disgusting um yeah my first concert it, honestly i didn't grow up going to concerts not because i wasn't allowed just because it wasn't on my radar enough um but my first concert i was 12 maybe 13 and i went with my dad and we got like fourth row center tickets to weird al yankovic at the greek theater it was insane and then i didn't go to another concert until uh i want to say i was 22 and I went and saw Paul McCartney at Dodger Stadium. Yeah, like, you've been to some heavy hitters. I have, but there was such a I think long I went period to a of one, time with just nothing. I did go to one with my church youth group to a Mormon boy band concert. What? There, yes. There's a Mormon boy band? There was back then. What? Jericho Road. I feel like I've heard of Jericho Road. That yes. is oof, gross. I went to I a would, Jericho Road concert. I'm going to go ahead and say there's a good chance the quality and skill of Jericho Road is probably on par with Four Town. Okay. I thought you were going in a very different direction. I was like, you better be very careful on what boy band comes out uh, of your oh. mouth. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well, at this point in life, I have seen Backstreet Boys in concert. You have. Yeah. Thanks to me. Thanks to you. Um, also, very little skill there. <gasps> Take that back. No, thanks. They Lily even lots. just growled at you. Did you hear that? Oh, my gosh. Lily. Lily's on my side. Are you a Backstreet's fan? Are the Backstreet's back all right? Or are the Backstreet's back subpar? Anyways. Uh, I'd say it's time to digress. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, going to go yeah. ahead and digress. Back to turning red. Um, and just the painful awkwardness of being an eighth grader. Yeah. I'm pretty sure not a single photo exists of me anymore in the eighth grade. Except for what is in the yearbook. Wait. What about that bookmark? That was sixth grade. That was sixth grade. I was way off. What an idiot, Dallas. That was Puberty fool. was a rough time. Yeah. I was allowed to start wearing makeup. I did Fun. bright blue eyeshadow. Oh. I had very thick hair that I didn't know how to do. Yeah. Because I have curly hair, but curly hair was not in style. What grade then. did you say this was? Eighth. Eighth. Okay. I feel like I was starting to kind of blossom with my hair around eighth grade. Oh, gosh. I did not blossom in eighth grade. It was... It, it wasn't phenomenal. But I, I, I've been blessed with some pretty damn good hair. You have. Thank you. But, man, that time in a girl's life is freaking 
rough. Yeah. And having to tell talk to your parents about you starting your period is so fucking awkward. Not just I'm talking... pretty sure my dad cried when he found out that I started my period. Yeah. Because I was his youngest. And that meant I was growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Not the just like time. talking to the the universal your parents, but your parents specifically. Your Stodian parents. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Imagine that conversation. Oh my gosh. Isn't that fun? No, thank you. Yeah. I I would rather imagine a sequel to Risky Business. Oh boy. <laughs> also, so the scene in Turning Red where the mom comes to the school and is like, you forgot your pads. Oh boy. In front of yeah, everyone. That hurt me. It just reminded me of a soul. story of my uncle. Who, no, it didn't. At one point. We sure we want to share this? Yes. Oh my god. Do gosh. you know what story I'm about to tell? Of course I don't, but I want to hyperventilate <laughs> anyways. So he was sent out after pads with wings on them. Okay. For his teenage daughters who required such products. And as he's coming home with them, he's running down the hallway, flapping his arms, no. saying that he got the ones with wings on them, no. just to embarrass the shit out of his teenage daughters. Okay, I guess if... So things like this happen in real life. I guess if embarrassing life. his daughters was his goal, then there's at least success in this story. I feel like too many... I feel like that was always his goal. Okay, okay. Whereas, like, May's mom... She's not trying to embarrass her daughter. She's just like, this is the best course of action. And I'm sitting on my couch like, I want to be dead right now. Oh my gosh. It was just so relatable was for it? me. Did your mom run to your school yelling about paths? She did not. Okay. And you didn't go to a concert? No. Okay. Just that time of life in general. Just the awkward. I How? also, in middle school, mm -hmm. uh, when that phase of my life began, mm -hmm. um, Meaning the menstruation phase of my life. The bears can smell the menstruation. What is that from? Anchorman. Oh, okay. You should know that. Um, my middle school had a pool. And we were required to swim for two weeks. Every semester? Year? I don't remember how long Jim was in middle school. Okay. And trying to navigate that was awful. At least there weren't sharks. That you know of. You were in a pool, though, right? Yeah. Okay. They did end up condemning that pool a few years later. Because of sharks? Yeah. Okay. Middle school pool sharks brought to you by Cocaine Bear. So you liked it. I loved it. I was uh, disappointed. Um, that makes me so sad. I'm sorry. Um, but I get that you are totally not the target audience for it. Yeah, I'm not the target audience. Um... Just like, it just gave me so much hope seeing that, you know, a daughter can choose her own path in life and eventually still have loving relatives, mm -hmm. even with that choice. It just really hit home for me. I'm very curious how you would react to, I think the movie is called Middle School or Eighth Grade. It's called Eighth Grade. Eighth Grade, yeah. I, I'm very, and I've been wanting to see that for quite a while, uh, directed by Bo Burnham. Um, and it's a very... I didn't hear very good things about it. Um, I, I feel like the one review I've really heard is from a friend of ours. Um, I won't drop her name here, but from the vibe that I got, she wasn't prepped for an awkward movie. 
And when it got awkward, she was not willing to roll with that punch. And so she very quickly um, just wanted it to be done and over. And so I don't think she was um, critiquing the movie um, very well, very fairly. I will say, though, I didn't love Turning Red because of the awkwardness. Right. I do appreciate that it Sorry. showed what everybody or what women go through at that yeah. time in their life. Um, but, sorry, uh, she, this friend of ours, when 8th grade, the movie, got awkward, she was so uncomfortable with it that she considered the unpleasant experience to mean it was a poorly made film. I'm not saying that you liked Turning Red because it was awkward, but like with me... I recognize that Turning Red was very awkward, very uncomfortable for me, but that is not what made me dislike it. I, I just feel like uh, it's a car that can run very, very well, a very good engine, but they just need to tighten a bunch of screws. So and... what was it that made you, like, other than the voice actors? Um, so the voice actors were definitely one thing. Um, I, I felt like for a movie that clearly was trying to have... Um, a very profound subtext. The the goal, the main goal for May, trying to just get to a concert and then having this huge big deal fight between her and her mom and then her aunts come in. Um, it just felt disaligned maybe with the message it was going for. Um, for some reason... So are you thinking that the whole point was for just for her to go to the concert? No, but to sort of come up with a, a good example, the message of the first Incredibles movie is like finding what you want in life and fighting for it. And the front and center plot of the movie is a superhero fighting evil. And so the what's going on and the subtext below it are much more aligned, if that makes sense. And with this, and it's... And you didn't feel like it was the year? Something about the uh, generational trauma, but going to a concert, it just kind of... Um, That's so interesting the, to me. The desire to just go to a concert um, felt, I guess, maybe very low stakes to me. And then... But for an eighth grade girl, something like that is... A big yeah, deal. Yeah, and I wonder if uh, a rewatch, because yeah, I am not immune to rewatching movies and um, having a, a new appreciation or, or a newfound enjoyment of it. So this this could definitely be a movie that I need to to revisit down the line. I, I feel like there's also this weird thing with me where um, if a climax like a, a final battle or something is too over the top or too silly or something like that i almost like check out emotionally or something and and i did find that the um panda fighting a ginormous panda was a bit too much i almost kind of feel like if her mom was three times may's size i would almost care more but because it was Godzilla versus something kind of large against something ginormous. It just uh, okay. What? 
why why is it this over the top and i recognize that it's paying homage to asian culture you know your um attack on titans your godzillas your you know uh going up against giant kaiju um so yeah it it may have just been if i went in uh knowing that that was going to happen it wouldn't have like surprised me as much i don't know I, I feel like there are those times where if if you know something ahead of time it doesn't it doesn't surprise you as much. it doesn't surprise you it doesn't rub you the wrong way in the moment this is so. so interesting i feel like this does not happen to us very often where we're so like misaligned yeah. on a movie because hearing you say that you're just so focused on like going to the concert and the giant panda i'm like for me like that's so missing Mm. what i took from the movie like this girl's journey to figure out who she is and to accept who she is and then to fight for that in the face of all of this family pressure when she's different from what that family mold tries to force her to be as you were saying that a, a realization that i made um I almost kind of feel like the whole uh, breaking away from the mold that is expected of you in order to become what you want to be. Um, I think that concept really, I thought, was uh, communicated well in Miss Marvel. Yep. And I really, really loved how they told that story in that show. And I felt like... Um, but I don't feel like that show is as kid friendly to teach okay. young girls. Okay, I can see that. I yeah. love Miss Marvel. Yeah, but like if we ever had a kid, you bet your ass she would watch Turning Red. I think there's also a part of me which I, I hate to say this, I hate to acknowledge this, but um, I grew up on early Pixar, and so I think most of Pixar's first movies were just almost exclusively 10 out of 10 movies. And once you get into, like, Cars, obviously Cars 2, um, and, you know, movies after that point, they just kind of generally go downhill for the most part. There are still some real uh, standout from the crowd movies, obviously, um i think the toy story movies have only gotten better as they've gone along um i was obviously very impressed with inside out but there's this like thought in the back of my mind that uh if there's a new pixar movie there's no way it can be as good as early pixar um and i i do still you know i i feel like i give them a a pretty fair shot or at least try to but yeah they've got uh things like soul where that one was a miss most of the newer pixar movies have been a miss for me yeah like i didn't love coco i didn't love soul yeah i didn't didn't love luca um i still haven't finished luca soul i really like the concept and the idea and i love certain scenes but i feel like uh the body swap between a person and a cat it plays too much of a role in the overall story um and i feel like there's 
a very, very similar or uh, a similar strategy to s- tell the same story that Soul told, but in a way that just stays focused more mm-hmm. or just uh, focuses more on the heavier hitting scenes, I guess. Um, and yeah, But I know I... these movies have hit for other people. Like, yeah. we didn't love Encanto mm-hmm. and a lot of other people did. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so I wonder same now, with Coco, like, same with Soul. Um, are they really just targeting cert- certain audiences with their movies now? Mm-hmm. Like, you clearly were not the target audience for Turning Red. Yeah. I 100% was. Yeah. Um, and so maybe we just weren't the audiences for the yeah. other ones. Um, and yeah, I feel like. Uh, same with Inside Out. A lot of people came out of Inside Out and they were like, yeah, okay. It was kind of meh. Except for, you know, the bing bong scene was clearly the best part of the movie. And for me, I'm like, I think that's one of Pixar's best ever made. And the bing bong scene didn't really affect me. It felt like it was trying too hard. It was other scenes that I thought were profound beyond belief. Um, so, yeah. it. I feel like Pixar... <laughs> While, uh, to me, it seems like they may have uh, lost a bit of their flair, it's also very interesting to see how uh, so many of their projects, it almost seems like uh, each new project, they're, they're looking at another very niche demographic to speak to directly, mm-hmm. um, which is very interesting, unique, and valuable in its own way yeah i definitely wouldn't say this is a bad enough movie that you shouldn't see it um and if they were to i don't really know how you would but if they were to try to make a sequel to this and the voice actors and voice actresses um have you know gained more experience and skill and stuff I, i would love to you know see how they've uh how they've grown and see if they can do a a better job in in a later film um so this is up for best animated feature film yeah uh it's up next to del toro's pinocchio marcel the shell with shoes on puss in boots and the sea beast okay we've only seen del toro's pinocchio yeah um the trailers that i saw for marcel the shell with shoes on uh, seems like a very uh, heartfelt emotional story that I I feel like I would probably really really enjoy with that said it seems wrong to nominate that for best animated I I recognize that it doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell of being nominated for best picture or I can't really see it getting nominated in, in any other category but have you seen the trailers for it mm-hmm it's only kind of animated. It doesn't seem like it really fits into any of the categories yeah. fully. And it kind of feels like, you know, with such a um, unique visual style, visual language, um, you may have made a movie that's so unique and interesting and different that you accidentally sidestepped any of the oscar categories you mm-hmm. could have been up for there's nothing wrong with that there are phenomenal movies that never get oscar recognition 
I feel like nominating Marcel the Shell for animated isn't accurate. Isn't uh, no. it, it doesn't fit the criteria for an animated movie. Um, I will say I think the two heavy hitters of this nomination category are the two that we've seen. Yeah, I, I would definitely say I think Pinocchio should take it. Um, but that is coming from someone who thinks this movie uh, made bigger mistakes than you do. It's going to be very interesting to see how the Academy votes on this one. Yeah. Because I loved both. Okay. And But they're both so different. It's they almost are, yeah. not fair to pit them against each other. And it's funny uh, that they are so different because they're also so similar. They are both very coming-of-age stories. Um, Just sort of trying to figure out your place in the world, um, adolescence, and not knowing how to traverse new situations um, is definitely present in both. However, uh, one, I would say, is very appropriate for children to watch, and the other isn't. Um, but even just the animation styles between yeah. them, like the stop motion of Pinocchio versus the, yeah. I don't even know the computer animated, computer. Yeah. Okay. um, which that's another thing. Uh, I've heard this critique, uh, from several, um, content creators, uh, over the past year or so. And I, I really, really do agree with it, but I wish Pixar would start getting more experimental with their animation. Yes. They make beautiful looking stuff. I think uh, at this point... um, I feel like they've kind of pigeonholed themselves. Yeah. Every time you make a new Toy Story, it should always look like the previous Toy Story. That's fine. If you're going to make, you know, a sequel to um, Cars or Finding Nemo or something, or Incredibles... Yeah, sure. Make sure it looks like the previous film. That's fine. But to have every single new movie look exactly the same as every other uh, Pixar movie. Like, the only big differences, I would say, are, you know, in the Cars universe, your people are cars. Um, And then you have things like uh, the human build of, let's say, Bob Parr from Incredibles. And then uh, Mr. Henderson, or whatever the guy's name is, in Up. Oh, Carl? Carl, yeah. Carl's like two feet tall. Yeah. Like, Carl's a tiny, tiny man. And the animation style is like, yeah, fine, go with it. It, it, it works. Um, but yeah, other than just the exact body proportions of people being different film to film, they're really always going for the exact same aesthetic style where we have certain uh, companies like, I think it's DreamWorks with uh, the newest Puss in Boots. If you look at individual frames of that, they don't look at all like Shrek movies. Nope. Um, And then uh, there was a movie, um, The Mitchells versus the Machines, I think. Yeah. I had no desire in seeing it because of the storyline. But when I was watching the trailers and I saw what the visual style was of the animation, 
I got really interested in seeing it. Um, still never got around to it, but whatever. Um, but then you have things like uh, the bad guys. Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse, dude. Like, that is such a unique, interesting, well-thought-out visual language. Um, yeah. I would love to see Pixar branch out. Yeah. From bright, oversaturated colors and fuzzy. Yeah. And so, sorry, I say all that to say all this. Um, that's another thing I feel like uh, Pinocchio has over uh, Turning Red. Is that animation-wise, just the animation of the film, Turning Red did very little new. They really didn't try to break ground with anything. I agree. I feel like anytime anyone tries to do stop motion, there's at least something that they're trying new. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just a very difficult um, medium to, to make a story in. Plus, it's the didn't uh, we see that it's the longest stop, stop motion? motion? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And with awards like these, I feel like it's so difficult with certain categories to pit five movies against each other um, where like with, uh, you know, best original score, all you're pitting against each other is specifically the score. Yeah. With best actor, it's just the performances of five actors or actresses or supporting actors or supporting actresses with this. It's five animated movies Everything about those five movies. How good are the visuals? How good is the plot? How good is the voice acting? How good is the cinematography? Um, yeah, whereas every live action movie is broken down into individual pieces. It's, yeah, there is still best it's picture. It's almost not fair to the animated movies mm-hmm. to not put, like, I doubt of, well, okay. I don't know for sure, but I doubt a voice actor has ever been nominated for Best Actor. I highly doubt it. I w- highly doubt it. Somebody fact check me, please. But mm-hmm. I would be shocked. Um, Yeah, so, so many things there. Uh, I, I've been saying for quite some time, but uh, was it this year? I think it might have been this year, but maybe last year. But uh, I know a lot of people really, really hated this movie. But I thoroughly felt that uh, Lightyear had some of the best cinematography of any movie that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, people hated Lightyear. I thought it was pretty damn good, but that's another episode. Um, but visually, I thought Lightyear was beautifully quote-unquote shot. Yeah. Um, but... There's not a category for animated cinematography, and an animated movie is never going to be taken seriously as a cinema cinematographic contender. <laughs> um, so yeah, that sucks. Um, and then yeah, you mentioned like voice actors getting nominated. Another huge blind spot that is more and more often becoming criminal. Yeah. Uh, actors aren't getting nominated for, you know, best actor, best actress, whatever, for uh, motion capture. 
Interesting. And you know how I feel about Andy Serkis in the Planet of the Apes movies. Yes. I think he should have won no contest for Best Actor in all three of those. He was never nominated. Um, And I recognize that it's difficult for the Academy to look at, you know, a bunch of people all giving very classic styles of performances. You know, just... A person, maybe they're wearing some makeup or something, but they're in front of the camera. Whereas you have someone with, you know, a bunch of dots drawn on their face and a camera mounted on their head. And you're suddenly trying to judge those two against each other. It's difficult, I recognize. But if you just decide to never nominate for motion capture, you're being an asshole. You're you're neglecting huge roles. And... I hope we'll see some changes in Oscar categories Mm -hmm. and the way nominations are made and the way things are voted on in the future. Because I feel like the way the Oscars are done now is because that's the way it's always been done. Mm -hmm. But film, the film industry, movie making as a whole is so different now than it was 50 years ago. Yeah. Or however far back you want to go. It is really interesting to find out that I think it was 2001 was the first year there was ever a Best Animated Picture Oscar. Like, that's a very new award. I did not realize how new that was. Yeah. I mean, 2001, I was nine years old, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting to think about the fact that... Uh, such a big category was added uh, just over 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, and we'll dive further into yeah, Oscar-related yeah. stuff. In I a... mean, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> we, we are looking at our calendar and we are running short on time. We are. Um, but we will at least watch all Best Picture nominees. Mm-hmm. We have one more to watch that I believe we're watching tomorrow. Okay. Um, but yeah, with our Disney trip and then getting sick after our Disney trip and me working in an accounting office and this week being month end. And with so many movies just barely coming out right before the Oscars or not quite being available. And we just found out that the whale is not going to be available to us. Yeah, so... Before the Oscars. Bit of an announcement there. We will be doing our whale episode uh, soon after the Oscars. Yeah. Um, But But yeah, we're well on our way to our Oscars episode. They are coming up next weekend. Yeah, a week from this Sunday. Yeah. So, um, so basically two weeks from yesterday. But <laughs> yeah, so it's it's Monday right now when yes. at the time of recording. Um. So yeah, do you have a person that you want to meet? Man, um, I just thought of one. If you want me to go while you're thinking, yeah, you can go. Uh, one of our favorite TikTokers, mm. Straw Hat Goofy. Oof, I want to meet Straw Hat Goofy so freaking bad. Now I'm thinking. Did you throw him out in another? I feel like I might have. So sorry if this is a repeat, but... If this is a repeat, that's how much we want to meet Straw Hat Goofy. 
I would love that. Yeah. Um, bit of a uh, um, out of nowhere, but uh, name popped into my head, and I was like, yo, yeah. I totally want to meet that guy. Zach Efron. Nice. Yeah, he is a I guy that... I have been that, in the uh, same space as him. You have. You have. I have. Um, but uh, he's been in several movies I've really liked. I think he has phenomenal acting chops. I think he has phenomenal comedic abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time I see him in interviews, he seems like just a really genuinely cool guy. Yeah. Um, who, dude, if if I could be his uh, acting agent, I would love to get him into certain roles. Um, I've been in a scene with him. You have? Um, for a long time, I've been saying I think he'd make a phenomenal Dick Grayson. Yep. Um, I, there's a chance he's either aged out of that or, um, I've heard that he is pretty sick and tired of doing roles that require a certain level of fitness from him. Yeah, that's freaking hard. It's very, very hard and very, uh, disrespectful to the body. Yeah, um, which is why I don't think we'll see him in the Marvel universe, which is unfortunate because I would be totally down with seeing him in Marvel. Yeah, um, unless he were to take on one of the roles that does not require a very good physical physique, you know, um, Bruce Banner, Mark Ruffalo, if he rips his shirt off, I'm not expecting to be that stunned because Bruce Banner is not a character that needs to be shredded. He, you know, he has a counterpart that's shredded out of his ass, but you know, um, it's it's always funny. See, it, uh, not once has Sam Jackson had to rip a shirt off. This is true. So you know, if they were to find one of those um, magical roles for Zac Efron of a character that's you know right there in the thick of it, but not necessarily a super physiqued individual yeah i just keep thinking of kumail nanjiani landing a role in marvel getting absolutely shredded for no reason wow yeah we never see do okay so we see um two of the eternals get shirtless in that i movie. don't think we ever see kumail nanjiani yeah shirtless. definitely not kumail but yeah other than that it, actually we have two uh i uh, shoot um i forget their names but it's uh gilgamesh the the asian guy and then the black guy um both of them are more round individuals yeah they're both playing you know superheroes in that movie but they they were not asked to uh get a six-pack or anything um, i wonder if kumail nanjiani was asked to or if he just did it yeah very interesting question um I, I really do love so much about the Eternals. Yeah. We never did an episode on it, and people rip on that movie. We might circle back to it. Yeah, I'd, I'd be very willing. Yeah. Um, Because, and, and I wonder if I were to rewatch it now, would the stuff people complain about stick out more to me? Or would I come out of it and be like, no, this is just as good as I claim it is? Um. I don't know. I guess we'll have yeah. to rewatch. Yeah. And I'm starting to hear more and more theories of how that's going to connect the greater Marvel universe. This has nothing to do with turning red. 
We, we should digress. wrap this shit up. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, the.real.couple. And you can email us. At therealcouplepod yep. at gmail.com. Uh, if you are listening to us on one service, but you hate that service and you want to listen to us on a different service, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Um, you can slide into our DMs or you can email us and be like, hey, once the Oscars are done and you've finished watching The Whale, then you should start watching this series. Um, we do have a bit of a list of, uh, we do have some listener requests, yeah. but keep sending those in. Yeah. We would um, love to get more of those. Yeah. Um, because there's quite a bit more space uh, to come on the on the timeline. And we're going to be around for a while. Yeah. We're in our early I 30s, don't know that we're so... going to do two episodes a week. Maybe not. Maybe not. Um. This but, was just special leading up to the Oscars. Yeah, this has been like a, a sprint to the finish. It has been. Yeah. Um, so we might scale that back to like one episode a week yeah. with maybe some bonuses sprinkled in there. Yeah. Or maybe we'll um, pivot around and, and find, you know, different time slots to record, different time slots to edit. I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see what the future holds. Yeah. Exciting um, things are happening, though. Stay so tuned. So exciting. So exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when we know more info on certain exciting things, we will be sure to announce it on here. Yeah. Um, I, I apologize for, uh, any inconsistencies the last, uh, week or so of when we're putting episodes out for a while there. I was always getting them out like Thursday, Friday. And then at one point I forgot and it was Wednesday, Thursday. And then this week, because we got back from Disneyland, we got sick and stuff. It's a bit of a, just jumbled up mess of uh what days we're releasing on but welcome uh, to our lives we're yeah. a jumbled up mess um and so because of that just make sure you're uh you're subscribed to the podcast so that yeah. you know you just get notified leave us whenever... a review yeah leave us a review tell your friends be like hey you never know when they're gonna drop a new episode it's just a real surprise so yeah thanks for listening thank you we so much you. for listening we love you we really do um, and I think that's all I have. Yeah. So, bye. Love you, bye.